142, Blessed Redeemer. Amen. 142 as we get started this evening. Up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn, walked Christ my Savior, weary and worn, facing for sinners, death on the cross, that he might save them from endless loss. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now I see him on Calvary's tree, wounded and bleeding, for sinners bleeding, blind and unheeding, dying for me. Father, forgive them, thus did he pray, in while his life would flow fast away, praying for sinners while in such woe, no one but Jesus ever loved so. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now I see him on Calvary's tree, wounded and bleeding, for sinners bleeding, blind and unhealing, dying for me. Oh, how I love him, Savior and friend. How can my praises ever find end? Through years unnumbered on heaven's shore, my tongue shall praise him forevermore. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now I see on Calvary's tree, wounded and bleeding, for sinners bleeding, blind and unheeding, for me. Amen. 204, it's a favorite of mine, 204, Christ returneth. Amen. Our Lord is coming back as he promised. shadow is breaking, that Jesus will come in the fullness of glory to receive from the world his own. Oh, Lord Jesus, how long, how long may we shout the glad song, Christ returneth, hallelujah. of midnight will burst into light in the blaze of his glory 
Amen. And let's do one more song, 817. Let's pass the index. 817, I need Jesus. Amen. Amen. 817. I need Jesus. My need I now confess. No friends like him in times of deep distress. I need Jesus, the need I gladly own. Though some may bear their load alone, yet I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus every Sunshine out, need him when the storm clouds roll. Every day along my way, yes, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need a friend like him, a friend to guide when paths of life are dim. I need Jesus. When foes my soul assail, alone I know I can but fail, so I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus every day. Need him in the sunshine out. Need him when the storm clouds roar. I need Jesus, I need him to the end, no one like him, he is the sinner's friend, I need 
Was the count this morning. Uh, praise the Lord. The carpet is laid in the basement. If you want to take a look, you can go down and take a peek. It's, uh, uh, if you wonder why the back part of the auditorium is not finished, uh, somewhere in our ordering and reckoning, they only charged us for what we ordered, but they shipped us about 60 pieces short. So uh, we're going to have to order new, order more carpet come Monday. So, but praise the Lord. And uh, we had uh, minor flooding during, well, it didn't feel like minor flooding, but uh, uh, in the building, actually, uh, during that big rainstorm uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, I had kids running down the stairs. There's water coming in the doors. There's water. And it, was, it got, a little, got a little scary at times. Uh, Brother Shaw was here. We were laying the carpet in the basement and... Uh, ran around down here, the bottom door, there's about three feet of water in the step well there. And uh, praise God, most of that stayed outside. Uh, Brother Shaw was able to bail it into the side yard and it went through the appropriate channels. And uh, though we had a lot of mess to clean up, praise God, there was no real damage done. Brother Saravia lost one book. He had literally scores of books on the office floor and only one little paperback book was damaged and uh, so uh, and then there there was some things that were lost and damaged but it was it was nothing of any real value so uh, though uh, as tell, brother Shaw and I were talking the devil fights dirty he even uses sewer water and uh, because that's what was backing up into the building and uh, praise God uh, uh, last time I was down there, it doesn't even stink today. So we praise the Lord that nothing serious, more serious happened. Any other praises? Peter. Well, I had a job interview on Thursday, and when I went home immediately, he was very promising. He said if you can get me something in the next five to ten, he's very busy at the building. Okay. So praise the Lord. Peter had a job interview. Teddy. Amen. Any other praises tonight? Paul. Amen. Any other praises? Don't everybody jump at the same time. Ah, my wife.
Next time, don't pray for so much rain, okay? All right. As always, the Lord answers above and beyond anything we think. Amen? All right. Any other praises? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you we, for your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you that we can praise you when we don't like what's going on around us. We're thankful that you're working. We're thankful that we can trust you. We thank, we're thankful for all the things that you are doing that we don't even know about. We thank you for the fellowship we have here together as members of this church. Lord, we thank you uh, for the work and answer prayer, opportunities to witness. Lord, just the ability to live. In your name we pray. Amen. For the front. All right, let's stand and turn to page 630. 630, sound the battle cry, 630. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of First, or sorry, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, and we're just going to go through a few verses of Scripture tonight. In uh, verse seven, we're going to read through the end of the chapter. It says, "And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. 
Wherefore, also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would take this time tonight and bless us as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we start in verse 7. And of course, there was a lot of trouble in the Thessalonican church, in the city of Thessalonica. If you'll remember, uh, Paul was there all of about two weeks and uh, persecution drove him from the city. This is his second letter. If you take time to read chapter 2, he talks about someone had actually stooped to the level of writing a letter to this church telling them all kinds of false things and signing Paul's name to it. Now, that's pretty dishonest, isn't it? Sounds almost like a Da Vinci Code or something like that. But uh, uh, there's a lot of foolishness going on today, even as there is in the days of Paul. And as we look around ourselves, we can actually identify a lot more with the Thessalonians than, than we might think we could. We look here and it says, To you who are troubled. I'll tell you, Friday afternoon, when I started hearing screams of little children, water's coming in here, water's coming out here. There's four inches of water in the ladies' bathroom. It's just bubbling up through the floor. And it was. And it was. Uh, we had a water fountain, uh, waterfalls is what Andrew called it, as it was just cascading down the stairs and uh, into the lobby in the basement down there. Praise God, it was a tile floor, not a carpet floor. Amen. And uh, every time something else, we, we thought we had something under control, somebody would come with a new leak. I'll tell you what, I felt like I was troubled. Amen. Uh, and yet that wasn't even a serious thing. It was all done. But you read the newspaper. Our beloved mayor running around, uh, saying, we're going to have sodomite marriage in New York City. And uh, that's really what it is. They call it same-sex marriage, but it's sodomite marriage. And, uh, of course, those are paybacks and different things like that. You, you read those things. Uh, I don't know how many of you. I'm troubled when I listen to the radio and hear what's going on politically in this country. Uh, I don't see much hope for the future and uh, uh, the only thing I've seen positive is the New York Times has said, Hillary, don't run for president. That's the only positive news I've gotten in a long time. Uh, but you can't believe anything the New York Times prints, so how positive is it? And, and so as we read on here, it says, to you who are troubled, rest with us. Now, there's not a one of us in here, and if we got out our list... Uh, I'm sure that we could put down a list of things that is troubling us. Has anybody got a nothing troubling them whatsoever in this life? Okay. Uh, then we're all human and we find ourselves identifying here. Paul says, listen, rest. He says, rest with us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I am troubled... When I've got things that are really bothering me, how well do you rest at night? 
You don't, do you? Do you remember the 23rd Psalm? Thou preparest a table for me when? In the presence of mine enemies. Most of us do not eat well when we are troubled. We eat too much. We eat too little. We eat the wrong kinds of food. Uh, uh, we complain. It says, listen, rest with us. Why? Now, I didn't ask Franz to pick any songs tonight, but he sang that song uh, about the Lord coming back. That's why we are to rest. This situation in which we find ourselves is temporary. Jesus is coming back. You know what? Let him take care of it. Don't get your blood pressure up. Now, I'll tell you what. I listen to the radio and I start, especially when we're working, put on the radio and I'll listen to whatever's going on and, and my blood pressure just goes up. I've got, I copied a bunch of stuff off to the hard drive and I play music now. Uh, it's just a lot better. Uh, it's a lot easier. I can concentrate on my work instead of what's going on around us. It, the Bible says right here, rest with us because Jesus is coming back. It says, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That is talking about Armageddon. That is the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Uh, there's an awful lot of things that are going to happen between now and Armageddon. And uh, mankind is infatuated with Armageddon. In fact, they made a movie a few years ago called Armageddon, where some, what is it, some big meteorite is going to hit the earth, and they sent a bunch of Kentucky miners in a spaceship up there, and they're going to chip a hole and blow up the meteorite. You know what? Mankind is not going to stop God's judgment. Amen? Now, when you're dealing with difficult people, when you are troubled, stop and realize where those people who are troubling you are going. It'll give you a different perspective. You say, now wait a minute. This person is on a crash course with God's judgment to be separated from God eternally. You know what? I can't have within my heart anger and angst towards somebody that's on their way to hell. It's not possible. When you stop and think about that, you wouldn't wish that on your greatest enemy. But that's what's happening. Now look at verse 10. This is where we get our encouragement from. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day now that phrase in that day actually sums up everything from verse 7 it is that day when Jesus comes and puts his judgment out it's also the same day that 
he is going to be glorified and admired in his saints. It is what we call the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord lasts just a little bit over 1,007 years. You've heard the, the phrase out of the Bible, probably the, one of the most misquoted verses in all the Bible is, a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. You see, that's why evolution could have happened in Genesis. Uh, no, they're not talking about thousands of years. They're talking about billions of years. And uh, so don't, don't get caught up in that. But this thing called the day of the Lord starts with the rapture and is going to end at the great white throne at the end of the millennial kingdom. That is going to be the time that God is going to reveal himself on this earth, his fiery judgment, seven years and about 90 days. There's a 35-day period and a 45-day period, and you say, do you understand all that, Pastor? No. But I'll let God take care of the time frame. Amen? And uh, you can read that in the, in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation and try to put all those things together. But it says, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints. Now, look what the next phrase is. And to be admired in all them that believed. He doesn't say, and to be admired by all them that believe. It says, to be admired in all them that believe. Now, here's what Paul is, is writing here. He says, the Lord is going to be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. He's going to wreak his, his judgment. He's going to separate the ungodly. And then he is going to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Now, the picture here that is painted is the fact that God is going to take your life. He is going to take my life. He is going to take the life of every Christian that has ever lived and he is going to put it on display. And he's going to say, now, this is what I did on this day and this is what I did here and this is what I did in this person's life here. Now, who gets all the glory when that happens? The Lord Jesus Christ does. You know, some people's stories are going to be very short. Well, uh, I saved this soul. Beginning and next, please. That's going to be awful, isn't it? You see, read 1 Corinthians 3, the rewards. He's going to try our works. If there's anything found to honor and glory, he's going to give us rewards. What are we going to do with those rewards? We're going to cast them at Jesus' feet. Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And... It says right here that he is going to be glorified in his saints. People are going to admire Jesus by the work that he did in the lives of his saints. And by the way, aren't you glad it doesn't take a Vatican Council to make you a real, true biblical saint? All you have to do is get saved. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you're a saint. Just like St. Peter... And, you know, some of those people they call saints aren't saints at all. 
Saint Augustine is not a saint. I have no no reason to expect to see someone who believed more in Plato than he did in the Bible in heaven. Oh, it gets frustrating after a while, doesn't it? Paul said, "Rest with us, because Jesus is going to be glorified, not Thomas Aquinas, not Saint Augustine. Praise God, not." Jerome or any of these other people and here is why because our testimony among you was believed that's how you become a saint that puts you on the road to being used as a tool of God for the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ you believe you become a saint and God wants to do things in your life to glorify himself now look at verse 11. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. Now Paul is talking to the Thessalonians and he is telling them, he said, I, my prayer for you is that you would be worthy of this calling, that God would take your life and use you to bring glory to his name and to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Now, I got an unusual phone call. When, when was that? Saturday afternoon? Saturday afternoon, someone called up and said, Is there a priest or a preacher there I could speak to? I always get nervous when I hear somebody calling like that because I know it's going to be a weird phone call. And this one certainly classified as one of the strangest phone calls I ever received. And, and the person on the other end said, there are people who know the future and they're manipulating me and using me for their own goals. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Nobody knows the future. Oh, these people do. I didn't think they did at first, but they proved to me they know the future. And he said, you're, you're going to have to give up on a few things that you think you... Finally, it, went, it, it really got strange. You know, every time I go to the dentist, they do things to me through the dentist. I'm sitting there going, ooh, man. Um, these people are really powerful because they know what dentist you're going to go to before you go there and then call them up and make them do all kinds of weird things. I don't think so. He said, nobody knows the future. Nobody can do these things to you. But you know what? You can let people manipulate your mind and get you looking at other people instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. They told me that light came out of their finger and wrote words on the page that stayed there for three days and then disappeared. There's all kinds. They said, now how do you explain that, preacher? That didn't happen. Other people read them. And I said, listen, I'm not going to try to explain that. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what this book called the Bible says. You can tune yourself into all kinds of voices out there. But God says he wants to do 
the work of His good pleasure, His goodness, and the work of faith with power. You know how you overcome all that weirdness that's out in the world? You put your attention on the Lord Jesus Christ and stop trying to figure it out. One of the greatest tools that the devil uses to trick people and derail people is he makes you think that somehow you're going to be smart enough to unlock the keys of the universe. That you somehow will hold the power to solve all the problems. And you go off chasing all these strange little tangents. Like the fellow that sat in my office and told me that God was going to transmit food to Christians through their television sets during the, during the tribulation period. Honestly, he said that. I told him, I said, now listen, here's the only problem. I said, Jesus said he's taken the church out before the, tribu I w uh, before the tribulation period begins. I wish I had a video camera to videotape his face. He just went, you just destroyed all my theories. I wanted to go, too bad, but I didn't. This is what God wants to do. Paul said, listen, we're praying always for you that our God would count you worthy. How is God going to count you worthy, by the way? It's by simple obedience to his word. And it says, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness with the work of faith and power. Faith is just simply obeying the word of God. The power comes through the written word right here. This is where we get protection from all of these voices and things that are in the universe today. Is you just hide yourself behind this book called the Bible. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. By the way, what's his name? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Hide. It is your shield. You immerse your life in the Bible. You put your attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is going to use you to glorify himself. It says that the name of our, verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if I told this story or not, but somebody sent me one of those little funny emails and it talked about this woman that was driving, tailgating the fella in front of her. And I mean, it was just a really bad situation. Every time he'd slow down, honk on the horn and flash the lights and he saw the light turning yellow in front of him and he said, I'm just going to stop. And that was it. All of a sudden, the profanity starts coming and the hand gestures out the window and, and uh, this lady is just, you know, having a road rage tantrum. All of a sudden, there's a knock on her window and there's a police officer standing by. He says, would you step out of the car, please? Keep your hands away from yourself. Keep them up. He arrests her, takes her down and goes through all the booking process and this woman is just having no idea what's happening. Finally, about an hour later, She's called, uh, she's taken out of the holding cell and back to the front desk, and there the arresting officer is standing with a very, very 
apologetic look on his face, just like he had been horsewhipped. And he says, ma'am, he says, I am terribly, terribly sorry. He said, I saw your Jesus first bumper sticker and your little fish and follow me to Sunday school. And he said, when I saw all of the things that you were doing, I just took it for granted that you had stolen the car, so I arrested you. Now, that didn't really happen. It wouldn't happen in New York City. But the thought's kind of interesting, isn't it? How often, how often do we bring despair upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ? I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. This is something we've got to work on as Christians, amen? This is something that we have to ask God because we want the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to be glorified in my life, in your life. Most of us are going to work tomorrow morning. Now, it's easy for me. I go in my little office here, and as long as nobody bothers me, everything's wonderful. Amen? But there's all kinds of things that happen. It is easy to do things. We'll be done in just a minute, Stephen. Sit down. It is easy to do things and allow things to control us that do not glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Could we pray about that this week? It says, and ye in him. There's not, I mean, if we were honest today, there's, there's not a one of us that wouldn't like someone to walk up to you and say, wow, you're a different person. You're not like everybody else. It's nice to be around you. I mean, we like people to say that, right? They don't often say that because it's not often true, amen? Oh, me, whatever it might happen to be there. But when we glorify Jesus through our lives, guess what? It says, in ye in him. That's when God lifts you up because when you lift up Jesus, you can't help but go up with him, amen? And then it says, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's the only way any good thing ever gets done, is the grace of our Lord. If you want to remember a definition of grace, it's very simple. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. Or you can just remember unmerited favor. That's what grace is. It's what we do not deserve. We do not deserve God's grace. But how are we saved? We are saved by grace through faith. Now we go back and we make that connection in verse 11. How is his goodness and his pleasure done? It is the work of faith with power. Go to James chapter 2. Faith without works is what? Dead. So God wants to do the work. The grace is there. 
can we get plugged in so God's grace flows through us and his name gets lifted up so that when Jesus does come back, he can be glorified and admired in what he has done in our life. And that takes us back to the first verse we started, rest, rest with us. I believe it's what it says. Yeah, rest with us. Paul says, I'm resting. I'm not worried about all the trouble because I'm too busy trying to take advantage of the grace of God so that I can lift up his name and have him work through faith with power in my life so that the world may see God's goodness. That's a great equation to live. And I'll tell you what, the first thing that's going to happen if you try to do that this week, the devil's going to come up whack you in the shins with a two-by-four. Just get ready. But remember, rest with us. God's grace is bigger than he is. The devil is going to meet it. He's going to get it. Don't you try to fight the devil yourself. Don't you try to stand against the forces of, the, of evil in this world. One of the worst things you can do, you get into a situation where you are troubled on every side, the worst thing you can do is try to defend yourself. Now, I mean, you need to do certain things. I mean, somebody's just lying about you, etc. at work. You need to uh, uh, address that, that situation as much as you can. But I'll tell you, sometimes... You get up and you complain and you fuss and you make a big stink and everybody thinks you're the one that's guilty now, don't they? Rest with us. How do you rest? It's the grace of God working through faith in power in your life so that Jesus gets the glory. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and ask you to do and to accomplish your work in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And before we say amen, we'll just open the altar up. If you need to come and pray, we won't be 